0: Hello and welcome to the Beans Media Diary. I'm so pleased to start to listen in, as you have got all of these things coming right up. I didn't really want to know that. Then
1: I don't use it. Yeah, yeah. It I tried to think how would I want to to listen. I was, every commentator has a different way of doing it.
0: My name is Balve Baines and I am your host. In every instalment, I'll be joined by a different person from the world of media, food, sports, property and everything in between. So I promise you there'll be something for everyone. In this episode, I'm joined by Chris Stotts from That's Manchester. How are you, mate? You alright? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Cool. I want to get like straight into this. So you graduated uh, from UCLAN in 2017. So what have you done uh, in the last three years? So give us a little little bit of a background. Uh,
1: Well, I consider myself to have been quite busy, to to be honest. Um, I've so basically um, from graduating uni, I ended up uh, doing a BBC Kickoff reporter scheme with BBC Cumbria um, for a few weeks. Um, From that, got better freelance work here in there within the BBC um, and then um, first sort of full-time job was with um, That's Manchester so okay. that's like uh, local TV so like you got you got your Northwest tonight it's like the next local level down so obviously it's just concentrated around Greater Manchester and while also doing that I um, carried on BBC and sort of um, progressed uh, doing sports reporting with them for uh, done a bit for Radio Manchester, Radio Cumbria and now it's mostly with uh, Radio Lancashire uh, with who I've um, been looking up this season in particular to be um, the commentator one of the lead commentators for um, the non-league coverage covering FC Fylde and Chorley Um, and yeah the last couple of of years in particular in in that side of things has been been very busy, got to go to some great places, word at Wembley for example last season when failed, got there for the FA Trophy final, and then yeah, it's even now during lockdown, um, keeping busy doing uh, matched AFM, which was something we started at uni with a group of mates that we've originally was doing commentary. And now we've brought into the world of podcasts as well as uh, as you know similar to, to this sort of thing, doing it through Zoom. Which I've got to say, Zoom has been a revelation. <laughs> it's yeah, helped it massively with it with with everything, and uh, but yeah. Trying to do as 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 much as I can, get as many sort of uh, arrows in the in the bag, yeah. or whatever the phrase is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that I know the feeling. So you mentioned earlier, um, the kick it is it kick it out, kick it off. Uh, the kick off, yeah kick off yeah, yeah, kick off, yeah, So what what is that for those for people listening who don't know what that is? Uh, so basically,
1: that's like a a big placement that the BBC run each year. Um, so in a Fed year, you apply to be the trainee sports reporter for um, each individual station, whether it be Radio Manchester, Radio Lancashire, or in my case, Radio Cumbria. And they got them all all across the country. And um, basically, once you get on that, you do a bit, bit of training for a couple of days. I know mine was down in, um, in Bristol. Okay. Great couple of days. Uh, getting to meet all the different uh, reporters who were in my position. And then from there, it was like um, you could sort of Work out which days you would go into the studio and do various different bits. So, whether, like in my case, it was a couple of them um, go out and record some interviews to make into packages or in, into just sound bites for, for bulletins and stuff, uh, create a few bulletins. Um, and then I even got sent to uh, cover a rugby league game, uh, which was oh, wow. my first sort of uh, live reporting gig. It was a uh, working town away at Newcastle, and I, I only got sent because. Um, so somebody couldn't do it. Like day so. What before, so what was that mean, like then? Like your,
0: like your first ever <laughs> live reporting. Was, was you nervous? Or was you scared? What was what was the feeling?
1: Yeah, I was uh, bricking it. It was because <laughs> it, it was it was well. It was something that I'd um, I'd always wanted to do, and I'd I'd done a bit at, at uni. But obviously, you, when you're doing stuff at uni when you know it, it's not big you know you, you, yeah. you get 10 people listening you're buzzing
0: Yeah, definitely. but like
1: with this it was like, it was like hey, well, people are actually listening to this <laughs> and are expecting it to be good yeah. um, so it was and I, I've grown up watching rugby league and football so I, luckily I knew I knew my rugby league and I knew all the players that were on the pitch so that that helped me but it was it was just strange that because it was the first time I'd ever had headphones on where you're wow. somebody in one ear and somebody in the other and you're like, whoa, somebody's talking to me and I'm not supposed to talk back. So there yeah. it, is. it was just really strange. But the, the buzz off, it was just, uh, ultimately, I enjoyed it enough and obviously did that decent enough job that people still keep giving me gigs and hopefully <laughs> touch watch yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not done banning up yet so that the, the uh, they start giving me gigs
0: <laughs> yeah because i i had like a similar experience so i'm in the new voices experience uh competition shall i oh, say yeah yeah, um, yeah so i'm the one of the finalists for actually lancashire and um when you said earlier about i've done like stuff before but working on the bbc is just such a bigger scale <laughs> And bigger, and then people like, like you said, like usually have about ten people listening, but with the BBC, you obviously get more than ten people. <laughs> yeah. So it is nervous. And it, it,
1: it, it, I think it's as well because it is the BBC, and like, yeah, it's like you know, it is sort of like the pinnacle in many ways because everybody knows the BBC wherever they are in the world. Yeah, and when you're part of part of that, whether it's as simple as you know, you're you're just linking one thing on a on a package or, or whether you are actually doing the live reporting on whatever it is just like, it's like, Whoa,
0: mate. It <laughs> is. <quite> yeah. <laughs> I found like the standard was just so much higher in terms of like, in terms of talent, in terms of equipment, in terms of just the, the level they wanted was just so much more higher. And you have to adjust to that just so you yeah, up to speed. And you
1: learn so much as well. Just, oh, with, yeah. just by being around these, uh, these people who've been doing it for 10, 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you get, you can get shown and taught all, all the things in the world when you're at uni, but it's only when you see it on the ground, so to speak. into you when you're in them studios and you're seeing people turn around something in five minutes when it would take you 30 in a uni. It's just like, well, this is like the next level. And that is like, like I say, that's the buzz that you get, isn't it? That just when you know you're in an environment, which is like, I've always wanted to be in this environment and I'm incredibly lucky to be there. And it's just like and you're determined not to make a mess of it, aren't you? You're just yeah. like, right, I've got a chance, I've I've got to try and take it as as best I can. There's there's a lot more pressure doing um, doing something on the BBC than it ever was doing stuff. Like I said, even with this matched FM stuff they I do yeah. now, it's like if you make a mistake on that, you can just edited out
0: definitely yeah (laughs) exactly yeah so moving like moving back to your time at uclan so what what sort of what sort of things you do in terms of your degree and also your experience outside of university so did you do any volunteering or anything like that yeah so um basically did the sports journalism degree
1: and within that um Obviously, got involved with um, Student Radio. um was involved in a couple of shows. So I, I had my own one, which was called Sporting Week, where we just sort of like discussed anything and everything that had gone on in the world of sport that week. And um, For the first year. Second year, we turned that into a quiz. bit like okay. a Question of Sport. Yeah. And it was absolute chaos. It was <laughs> like... bit like, like Question of Sport where, then. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was literally the case. We'd rock up. The only thing I'd ever prepped would be the actual quiz the rest just went off and he was like right we've got an hour to do it in we've just got to keep make sure we finish the quiz within an hour and the amount of times we he was like at the end you have to rush through stuff because you just get sidetracked you know what i mean it was just like a good laugh um but then also did on the wednesday um obviously um all the sports teams played on a wednesday uh, at the unis um so as part of this other Uh, sort of like program that was on. It was a bit like a Gillette Soccer Saturday um, sort of thing. So we'd go out as reporters and just like record a little update on our phone, send it back to the studio, they would play it. And then in second year, me and my mate sort of um, were given. well, my mate Joe was um, sort of made like um, sports editor at at the student radio. So we took that sort of platform on a little bit and add it so that we'd have um, a live commentary game of one of our U-Clan teams from the sports arena. And then, again, we'd have reporters at different games sending in audio clips. So we'd have the commentary at one place, um, reporters at the other, and back at studio. So if there was a, a goal elsewhere, say I was at the commentary game, I'd link back to the studio, and they'd play a, a little wow. excerpt from somebody. And, I mean, first couple of times, it was like, when you listen back, it's, it's like... It doesn't quite work, but the more you do it, so it, in the end, it works. And it like that was good fun to do. And while I was doing that, I did a bit of um work over at Lee my local rugby league club, just doing anything from social media to filming the game to a bit of commentary on, on the video. Yeah, just sort of try to do as much sort of industry related stuff as I could without you know it being any sort of like actual work it was more just sort of like build that portfolio bit of experience yeah. and just see if i could do anything and just try different things and see what i could come up with and i've still like got a big box of audio equipment from back from the days when you just buy a bit so I'm like oh i wonder if this will work yeah, <laughs> and yeah it just did that i think when i look back it was like doing that sort of stuff um on top of the course was a real uh, good idea on my part I think because I don't think if I'd have done that I'd have been able to you know had the equipment and the knowledge to be able to do a podcast and you know etc so yeah I look back and the years I spent at uni were, were very good and gave me sort of like the knowledge in that early door experience to get me in the door at least and sort of try and do different things off the back of it as well
0: yeah hugely yeah because I, I think I echo your thoughts in terms of this is going to sound really really horrible but everyone's going to leave with a degree What's gonna What's gonna make you better yeah. than everyone else? And I think you doing the experience and you going off your own back and doing what you've done is great and it's fantastic and it's got it's got you to where you are working with uh, what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I think would
1: what I'd say to to people as as well is like, um, obviously, if you're in that situation, you're just going to get the degree. It's like, what's the point if you're just going to get the piece of the paper at the end of it because Sometimes, I mean, I mean this with the greatest respect to people who get the academic side of um, of something like um, a hands-on degree, like a journalism or something. But if they can't do the sort of practical elements, then you know it—it's not. Yeah, it it might have been a bit of a waste. But I I would say that the overwhelming majority of people on all the courses I was involved uh, with you know coming across they all did something and i think that's why so many of us have, have, have done well um i mean you know i think if i would have just got the degree and not done anything with it like in terms of all the different elements then i think i'd have gone reflected now and gone maybe I, my head wasn't in it or yeah. something um and i think that that's it, important you've got to make the Make it what it is yourself. Sometimes, um, and I'd imagine that every, Anybody and everybody with more experience than, than me would probably say the same. But having sort of like being fairly fresh out of it, you know that you've, you know, if you put the work in, you'd like to think you get some something back out of it. Yeah, you know, you got to put your faith in the universe sometimes. I mean, <laughs> just hope yeah. that you get you get what what you deserve and you know I think a lot a lot of people reap those rewards and I, I, I very much am a believer in that you you get what you deserve um so hopefully I deserve something
0: who knows <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely, yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely like. If you are putting in the hours and you are putting in the work, then something will come of it. Like, doesn't matter what. Like, it'll be and it will be a positive thing. So, um, yeah, definitely, I definitely agree with you. So, what sort of what would a typical day look like for you? So, say if you're commentating on a three pm kickoff, what would that day what would that day look like? Uh,
1: yeah. So, um, in terms of a match day. It would be very much a case of if the game was a three o'clock kickoff, um, I'd be at the ground for one at the latest. Okay. Um, mainly because um, there's so much that can go wrong. Yeah, I know. In terms yeah. of, yeah, you could, like, at least if you a, a home game that's only within like forty-five minutes to an hour drive of you, if you're there by one o'clock and you get there and you're starting to set up and you go, oh no, I forgot such and such a lead. You, you've got time to go and rescue the yeah, situation. Get, yeah, get that. back. Get back. Um, and the same with, you know, the amount, the amount of times where, like, even, even just um, speaking with guys in the press box, as setting up there together, and one of us will be like, oh, but plugging in that ethernet cable, and, and it's just not working. And you're like, oh, no, have you got a spare one? The, yeah. And you're like, yep, yeah, I've got a spare one. It's That takes 20 minutes, just... <laughs> and, and it's always like, so you get there, say, one o'clock, You get in your ground, go to press box. First thing I do is I set up and make sure all the connections working and everything. Because nine times out of ten, if you get the green light on your kit to say it's connected, it's going to stay there, barring something that is out of your hands ultimately. Um, So that's what I do. So that takes like ten minutes. People who's done this um, as as well um, will know that the more you do it, the quicker you can, you can plug yourself in because there's, there's been times where I have not been at the ground at one o'clock. I remember once. I, I was covering a game for BBC Cumbria, we're, we're playing down there. and um, I'd booked my trains and everything to be that it was a half two kickoff and I, I was like, right, one o'clock will be fine because we only go and on at it too. So it still gives me an hour to get set up. So it was like, yeah, Everything's planned out. I was going to be there for half 12. And then, you know, trains being trains. Yeah. One it got cancelled. So it I literally it. got there five, like just over five minutes before kickoff and was managed to literally plug everything in and go straight away. Not even time to think about what you're doing. Wow. Um, that's that's like the worst case scenario. But on, on a good day, it's a case of get set up. You go get your brew. You get your, your program. You have a little flick through that to see if there's anything you've missed sort of like, um, Notes-wise, or whether the manager said something in there that's like, "Oh, that, that's quite nice, nice to say," and then uh, what I do, I just have a read through all my notes that I've, I've done leading up to the game, just so they're in my head as much as possible, so that I then don't have to keep looking down at them during okay. the game. Because obviously, the last thing you want to do is, is be there reading reading something on your paper when he's sticking one it top in. It's it's worst worst case scenario. So, it, uh, but a lot of the time. You want the situation where you sat there for half an hour not doing much because you know then you've got everything sorted. You've done your preparation. Sometimes it's just nice to just talk to other people and and sort of get their influence on the game as well because again you can pick someone up from them. And then once you get on, because like for example, BBC Radio Lancashire, they go on out at two um, on a match day for the three three pm kickoff. So. You'll do like a um, early blast of team news just after, just after um, two o'clock, um, and then refresh of team news about ha- half past. Sometimes it co- come again for a little, little bit, and then at three o'clock. If you're doing a commentary, you straight through till till half time. You do you, you know once you've done all, all the match stuff, once you've um, done your full time report, it's then a case of go get the manager. Once you've done that, send it back, and then it's jobs are gotten. But it can be, it sounds more simple than it is. It can be quite, mm-hmm. um, quite full on if things you know, like I said, things go wrong, things get delays, or you know, um, some. I mean, I remember po- post match can sometimes be the the, um, the best and worst bit because sometimes you can get a manager who's great. And he'll talk for ten minutes, and you're just like just leave the microphone there and he will just talk you don't have to ask any questions but then you get sometimes where it's just like pulling teeth i even had one situation i got sent to do fleetwood away at barnsley last last season and the game was, i used to become infamous for the fact that um, there was accusations of an altercation between joey barton and the barnsley manager
0: oh i remember um, that
1: yeah and, yeah yeah and he ended up in a police case or yeah. whatever so um i and that was the first football league game I'd done and i have been sent to that and I was just like and we just get you know you just getting rumours of somethings yeah not quite right and like and then you just find out and it's like oh um, so I'm not getting this post match interview then and then it's like get on the phone to to the guys back at base and like right then what do we do what 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 do you what do you want from me because I can only tell you so much because I only know so much so it was a case of you know on 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 the phone telling him right uh, this is what we know. This is what we believe has happened. blah, blah, blah. But, let like, you know, when when you get get more, and was, they're the very rare situation. Yeah. It's not just, you're not just a sports commentator. You then end up being the journalist there as well, which is, it's, it, it's all very much similar, but sometimes you have to flick a switch. Sometimes to go from one to the other, and I think the more experienced journalists and reporters who... Um, I've been doing this for 10, 15 years, you know how to do that. For me, that was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever had to do that. Yeah. And, you know, so it was quite uh, quite daunting for me at the time because I was like, oh, uh, I wasn't expecting this. So, <laughs> but yeah. Most match days are much smoother than that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so in terms of like, because you mentioned earlier about the notes and prep that go into commentators, so what sort of what sort of stuff do you look at? Do you look at like sort of form? Do you look at players' backgrounds? So what's the process going into that?
1: Um, You, you try and get as much useful information as you can. That's what I do anyway, because I know when I first started, I'd have pages and pages and pages and I wouldn't use half of it and I'd be more, Concentrating on trying to say all this that I've done the prep for, then actually commentating on the game. And I think, per, from a personal point of view, I think you can do, you can go overboard and try and just fit too much in. All right. Um. So I over the the more games I've done, the more I know. I know right. That's actually useful. As a listener, they actually want to know that. So like, what I tend to do is I have full squads um for each team. And then I try and get at least two sort of facts about them, i.e. Um, whether they played internationally, whether they played at a Premier League club, a bit about the career, say they played 500 games or whatever. Just something like that, at least two of them for, for each player. And then it's like um, goals and appearances for this season, red cards, yellow cards, etc. cetera. Um, and then the same for their career. And then... On a different piece of paper, it's more sort of like the teams, i.e. form, you know, have they won 10 of the last 12 or lost 10 of the last 12s? How do the two compare? Is there any head-to-head history or is it the first time they've ever, ever met? Um, just stuff like that, stuff that you... I find if, I, if I'm if i writing something down and think, think to myself, yeah, I didn't really want to know that, then I don't use it. Yeah, yeah. Because I try to think how... Would I want to to listen? Obviously, every commentator has a different way of doing it, and I because I've um, sort of alluded to in the previously. It's like the more again. I've only been doing it a couple of years, so I I know my way of doing it is going to be completely different to somebody else, and it's probably going to be completely different in, in ten years if touch what I'm still doing this sort of thing. Yeah, and different. People have different approaches because what I've tried to do is go on Twitter and and s- try and look at di- different commentators' notes and pinch bits, sort of like the way they've done it. Because I know um, some people like Conor Mcnamara for Five Live. He does it on stickers and puts a sticker in the position, yeah. um,
0: and then I, like I saw one I where also, um, is great. I saw one on, again on Twitter where it was just an A4 piece of paper. I think it, yeah, I think I think it was uh, Guy Mowbray, and his hmm. page was just. Sp- Full. it's an A4 sheet of paper uh, A4 piece of paper and it's just full of like notes of each player what they did how many red cards their second wife names like literally like yeah. all this detail um, and you don't realise like if you ju- if you watch football you just think oh they come up they come up with it on the spot but there's so much prep and so much like information goes into but just before you go on air and I think as well, as well um, it, my, I, I
1: find it's different doing radio to tv commentary because i've done a couple of um sort of like, say it's tv it was like for club channels so obviously the way you do tv and, and radio commentaries just i mean like I said, I, i'm i not going to say i've done a tv commentary for the bbc i wish one day who, who knows, knows. <laughs> but from from what i understand it to be is radio and tv is obviously radio because people can't see what's going on you you obviously have the tool of being able to describe everything that's going on so stats add to it, whereas okay. like on the TV, because you are seeing it, the stats take on an extra role to um, sort of embellish what you're seeing because obviously, so you can see that the guy's wearing red boots and he's just cry turned somebody in the middle of the pitch. You can't see that on radio, so it's an interesting dynamic. This is something I'd love to hear somebody who's, who's done both and done it for years and years to see you know whether i'm actually chatting complete rubbish here or whether i'm actually cutting on to something <laughs> but that's the sort of that's how i would see it but yeah it, it's i think it's it'd be interesting to see how you know if, if you broke it down how different it, the, the
0: two would be but yeah i mean like yeah, I said, no, i'm cause, no expert because <laughs> yeah, i've like i've started well i've done this i think it was for the last world cup in russia you could have radio commentary on TV and the, you, yes. can see, you can see the difference between the uh, the two the radio commentary like you said is just so so descriptive because you can't see it you don't know for example they're wearing red boots and Donna Corey Stern. so that was mm-hmm. fascinating for me to to compare and watch and hear the difference between the two yeah
1: that, I'd agree it's, it's it's quite I think people take it for granted as well yeah massively that, yeah uh, that it, you know, if you had to go from doing a radio commentary to TV commentary in the same day, I bet it's quite a, a mindset to change because again, it, it is so different to do. I'd I'd I'd, I'd, I'd love to do TV one day, um, mainly because I get the the feeling you can sort of you can feed off the pictures, can't you? Yeah, and um, you get that ability of you know you describe. You don't have to go describe it in, in the end detail and do it eloquently. That is the difficulty with, with radio. You have to do it in the great detail and sound good doing it. Yeah. And somebody like me, um, when you've got a regional accent as well, it's sometimes it's difficult to find <laughs> the right word. <laughs> but sometimes, but that's a your local radio as well. I suppose you know they like they like the. Uh, the accents, but and I think it's it's I think that, to prefer sticking with local radio. I think that's what is so great about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah it's all personalised information. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah it's, it's personalised information, and when you get a commentator who, who sounds like they're from that local area as well, I think you brings something to it. I really yeah. do. Um, I, I know, agree. like. I don't know whether you've come across um, Dan Jewell uh, at yeah, BBC Lions yeah yeah, he's he's got such a great great <laughs> voice because I, I worked with him on, on that Wembley FA Trophy final and getting to work with some, somebody like Dan he's brilliant he's, yeah. just, he's such a character in his commentary and that as a listener that that was great but to sit there working with him getting to throw in, throwing little comments with him that, that was great and yeah I think local radio are some of the the top commentators uh just like i'm working with dan jill um andy bayes both of them are are fantastic and uh i appreciate every gig they give me as well so i've got i've got to say that
0: (laughs) (laughs) usually yeah because i've i've spoken i've always haven't worked them, but i've spoken to them a bit and the stuff that they know is ridiculous they'll they'll just like bring up this random fact that no one let's be honest no one should know but they, they just pick up this random fact and i guess that just shows the passion that they have and the knowledge that they have around around the sport that we love yeah which is totally brilliant great. yeah so what's uh, what's like since lockdown has started what's changed for you in terms of like day-to-day and work like are you still doing BBC stuff or that's manchester so what's what's changed
1: uh yeah so i've still work um effectively now full-time at that's Manchester, just as a, as a news reporter. So, um, obviously, because of lockdown, because um, it was sort of like a small team anyway. As unfortunately, now it's a it's slightly smaller team, given the s- circumstances, sadly. But it's been a real sort of good grounding in terms of broadening journalistic skills, because I'm obviously covering stories about coronavirus and yeah. um, how the community is coping with it. Because um, like our mandate is sort of like the, how the people have um, sort of dealt with it. So I've met some characters along the way. But I've, um, a fella who ran a marathon in his front room. Um, a guy who's a chef who's run a marathon in his backyard. Um, a guy who's um, running the ninety-two clubs um, wow. for charity. A guy doing cycling around Manchester clubs for charity. Um and yeah, I think that that's been the good thing. And obviously, like I mentioned before, we zoom. We've done everything over Zoom because yeah. obviously it's easier, it's safer for us for us and them to do it that way. Um, sometimes you, uh, God bless some people, that <laughs> they don't they don't know. I mean, one thing to come out of this, everybody's going to be more tech savvy than they were before because. People now Adaptively, know how yeah. to use video call, yeah. um, so it, that that sometimes, it, it, sometimes it's harder to get get it work, get the technology working for them than it is you, and you're trying to describe describe it through it, yeah. how to work it, and yeah, that it, it can be a, be a laugh, and but yeah, it, it's been it's been a challenge, but it's one that I've I've enjoyed to a, to a degree. I not one I'd want to do again. I want to get back to doing the press conferences yeah. and um following the sports stories. Obviously they're gradually starting to come back. Um there's been the, been some obviously um my role is, uh, is is news there. Um so I've had to um sort of stick to that which I've enjoyed uh but it has been a challenge and um am one that makes me realise that sport is ultimately what I want to do. Um I hope my employer's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind. No, I, I, to be that, fact, I, t- I told him at the interview that I was a sports dude. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still giving a job.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's important to, to, obviously it's important to know what you like, but it's also important to know what you don't like. And I think you doing the news yes. and you doing all that stuff, just, just cements the fact that sport is where you want to be and sport is where hopefully in 5, 10, 15 years you still are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's times like these. Ultimately, you, you learn a lot about yourself, into and you know what, what you want to do. And I have the one thing I have missed genuinely is just being at a game of football with a microphone. That is, that yeah. is the thing I've, I've I have missed the most. And I think I'd probably missed football anyway. But knowing that I can't work at the football, yeah. I don't know even when it's gonna. Going to get the opportunity again because obviously with so much still up in the air about non-league football, and then obviously you know financial hits at um, at every, every level of you know the clubs and broadcasters. It's it's going to be an interesting time to to see sort of how football is covered and how football is played over the next um, months and and potentially even years. So yeah, it's it's something that you know it's got you've got to look at it as. You know, a, a time to sort of um, be creative, find new ways, and take. And it, it, it makes you realise how brilliant a job it is to be working sport and
0: Definitely, uh, lucky.
1: Get the opportunity to commentate on a game. But ultimately, um, you know, if I never get to do commentary again, the last game I did, I'll remember. And, you know, you remember all the, good. The, I think the, la- the last game I did, it was um, an AFC filed game um, and they lost it. So it's not the greatest one to, to end on, but you got, you got to, because the way I see it as well, every commentary you do could be your last one. Yeah. you got to enjoy every one you do. And also I would say I enjoyed that last one as much as I've enjoyed it. Any others, regardless of results, performances, etc., etc., and whether it was raining or not, uh, because that's your—that's the they don't tell you at uni that it's going to be cold, and you're going to be stuck there for three hours. Is that not? Is that not in your modules? Then <laughs> they say it's, people th- people genuinely think the like commentator is glamorous. And yes, you're like, it's some you're... Sealed box. No. No. <laughs> you clearly not been to <laughs> AFC filed on a Tuesday in like December. I, was, I I've, I've done games where it's, it's. I, I remember I did I did a game for BBC Cumbria. It was Kendall against Mosley and Mosley's like outskirts of Greater Manchester, right in the hills. And first half, my weather was like, it was quite sunny, and then next minute, just fog descends. I can't see the other other side of pitch. Only they're trying to do reports, and it's like no, see. I remember, um, unbelievable game, and ended up. 5-4 to mostly I mean like probably I would probably put that out there with the top three or four games I've ever done it was brilliant but I couldn't see half of it it was just like it was just mental and I think they've it, scored I, a goal I don't know if they scored a goal yeah honestly they scored one from the fa- far side where the, the <laughs> cross has come in and I only know the cross has come in because I've seen the ball come from one side of the field to the other and then it's been added in it back post and it's like mm, yeah it's 3 all. Somebody's crossed it. Exactly Don't know whether it was a cross <laughs> corner, whatever. Ball's coming to the back post. He's put it in. I know the score. That's about it. Don't ask oh, who scored it.
0: <laughs> Chris, is a, Chris is black. Chris is. It's a story to tell. That's the thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. But there's you, you pick. Some, you pick some up It's um, like even just like telling people some of the grounds of commentary Like because when I first first started with BBC Cumbria, they sent um, sent me to cover Kendall Town a lot. I'd I said the, some of the grounds you go to, like this is what I think it was seventh or eighth tier, so it's like proper non-league. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, Kendall's ground's lovely. It's like um, on the hills, um, you know, proper little, proper authentic football grounds. Um, and then you get—I remember doing a game at, at Brick House in near Halifax, and um, literally the main stand was one row of seats. Yeah, they have been nice enough to put a sticker on one of them to say reserved press <laughs> For <And> I was <laughs> like, Man, this is brilliant this is what you want <laughs> exactly yeah that I, is I, amazing. I'd, ra- I'd much rather work at somewhere like like that even like chorley now with it, proper authentic ground i like kfc files because it's a bit smaller but i would genuinely i'd rather work there than at the emirates That's amazing. it's just you just don't get the same feel. That's why I love non-league football because it's just, it's, pro- it's proper football.
0: Yeah. Uh, so just to, just to end this, uh, this uh, podcast, we're going to ask you three questions on the past, present and future. So we can start off with the past. So what advice would you give a 15-year-old Chris Stott? So what, would you, what would you say to him? I think I've sort of um, touched on it slightly already. It's sort of
1: do what makes you happy. Yeah. You know, there's no point doing something you don't enjoy because, like I said, when you end up in a situation like we're in now, you don't know what's going to happen. You've just got to sort of enjoy everything you do. And um, I like to think I've done that to an extent and and done the majority of things that I wanted to do. But that's what I'd I'd certainly say to myself, to a younger version of myself make sure you do what you enjoy and um, sort of enjoy it while you can as well because yeah who go. knows what's around the corner football might never come back
0: yeah exactly yeah uh, so moving on to the present so you've got a dinner party and you can invite any three people you want they can be dead or alive celebrity non-celebrity anybody you want who would you go for
1: right and um, i'd imagine that a lot of people spend hours and hours thinking of this because <laughs> it's one of those things you want to get right don't, yeah don't yeah, you? yeah you i literally i literally was like, right, what well, the first three people that come into my to my head, right? But like, I was like, right. First one, John Motson. Oh, I'm listening to him. Legend. He he is what made me want to be a commentator.
0: He has just to wear the he has simple. to wear the sheepskin's coat though. Coat though.
1: Yeah, I've <laughs> actually got a coat very similar to that, and it's the greatest thing I've ever bought. It keeps me moderately warm at these games, <laughs> um, and yeah, I'd, I'd just love to just talk to him because and just ask him about all these great games and goals that he's seen yeah. um, I think he'd you know be and just learn from him as well it'd be, it'd be great um, and what I've tried to do as well is sort of try and get three different ones so like the career one being being John Watson then the football fan one Sir Alex Ferguson growing up as a Man United fan in the Ferguson era he's the greatest manager ever I, yeah. don't, I won't even have a debate with anybody about.
0: I'm that. I'm it's a Liverpool fan, weird. and um, he ruined my childhood. So yeah, <laughs> uh, to be fair, that might be why uh, why I like him so much. He just ruined so many people's lives, didn't <laughs> he? Did it? he? Did he? Did It's just every week I'm like coming from school or work, whatever. Oh, Man United's won again. Yeah, oh, it's so, just. So the long-
1: <laughs> yeah, it was the longevity as well. Just year after year, winning trophy after trophy. Yeah. and I think people don't realise. Only realized how good he was when the season after he left, it's the same team and Moise finished season seven yeah. against sacked. Nice. Yeah, that yeah. just goes to show how unbelievable it was. And I, it's like it's a story you hear about him about like the, the hair dry treatment as well. And 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 that it was, but I must admit, it was a toss up between Travis Ferguson and Roy Keane. Roy Keane okay. came into the debate purely after his out, outburst of oh, with because yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, he would. He'd be brilliant. He would.
0: No was barred, Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. But I thought I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go go for somebody somebody else as, as my third one. That's not non-football, non um, sort of broadcast industry related, and it'd be comedian Lee Mack.
0: Okay. okay. I just,
1: I just yeah. think he's he's hilarious. I just I I think I, and I would just want to have a game of would I lie to you with him? Yeah. Because I, I think it, yeah I think it'd be a laugh as well. And I, I think he would compliment everybody. You know, we've got John Mott, some of the stories. Alex Ferguson could complain about the food that's been put on show and then tell everybody how many trophies he's won. And then Lee Mack can just crack the joke. So, yeah, I'd like to say that'd be entertaining.
0: I would like probably just take over. So, <laughs> that's like a good dinner party. So, uh, so, just a question about the future. So, the last one. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years time so what do you think you'll be doing in 2030
1: I think what I'd like to be doing is doing what I'm doing now in terms of the the commentary Um, like on a regular basis I would that is what I would love um, to happen Um, and I think it's but what I'd say is um, in 10 years I'd just like to just think i'd be better at what i do and i've actually used that time to improve because i know well i'm 20 24 and you know it's not like i'm um the finished article by any means i know i'm only just getting getting going um, and I, I i like to think every day that you know every commentary game every report i do on whatever for, for that's Manchester, whether it's somewhat light-hearted or somewhat not so light-hearted, that that just adds to my skills and that sort of makes me better at what I do. And end of day, in ten years' time, if I'm doing something I enjoy, then you know I've done all right. But if I was to be very selfish, I would okay. say I would love love to be, uh, like the the lead commentator for. Man United or somewhere on MUTV or somewhere like that that, that would just be that would be like the, yeah. the ultimate thing but we can dream can't we <laughs> but like I say if we honestly if I'm just still doing football commentary in 10 years I will be over the moon with that very happy uh,
0: perfect I can't think of a better way to end thank you Chris no problem at all If you have made it this far, thank you very much for listening to the Beans Media Diary. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or follow. I promise I'll be super grateful. And if you're feeling kind, please leave a review. Massive thank you to everyone at Beans Media for their help. Make sure you keep an eye out on their socials for details of the next episode. Bye bye.